I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are discussing friendship with an Enneagram type 8. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose is that I am officially home and had coffee with my husband this morning at our favorite place, and I'm getting settled in. Now, my thorn is that I did only sleep like three hours the night before last, and it is definitely catching up with me today. I have a theory, and I would love to hear from you if you agree, but my theory is that the lack of sleep doesn't show up the day after you sleep, right? Like, so yesterday I would have technically been the day after I slept three hours, but then I feel like it's the next day that it really shows up because typically for me, if I don't sleep a lot in a night, the next day I'm actually kind of hyper and have like more energy, but then it's once I get a full night's sleep, it's like my body can really like calibrate that it's exhausted. That's how it tends to work for me and that is the day that we are on today and I'm sleepy, okay? <laughs> my bud, my bud is that I haven't done yoga in a couple of days and I am planning on a nice, luxurious yoga session followed by a warm bath tonight and I am pumped. I'm so looking forward to it. Okay, let's get into friendship with an Enneagram type 8. So what do they bring to the friendship? What do we have to learn from the type 8s in our life? Number one, they take charge, which can be really relaxing, right? Like if I'm in the company of an eight and I know that they have like stronger preferences for things being done well than I even do, and they're going to communicate, they're going to prepare, they're going to handle things. There's something so relaxing about that, especially as an assertive type who has a lot of uh, preferences. <laughs> it can be really nice to have someone else kind of taking the charge on that because if they're not there or if there's not a stronger leader, I will tend to take on that role. And it's just really nice not to, you know, it's nice to kind of just float around and follow. The second is that you know where you stand with them. This is my favorite thing about AIDS is I just trust them, quite frankly. I feel like if you don't like me, you're not gonna waste your time with me. And if you do like me, I'm gonna know. And there's no guessing and I love that. I find it super relaxing. I think it feels really safe to just kind of know what to count on and what's real and what's not real and to not feel like you're playing games with me. Three, they think about things that you may have missed or or haven't even thought of. Um, so what I was thinking about with this is I, my friend Nicole, I, I was traveling with her in Cincinnati and she's an eight and every once in a while she would just do something like I was, I would be thinking about something and then it would just be done. And it's not in like a, she needs acknowledgement for it kind of way, like a, like a two might do, but more just kind of like, oh, I'm going to solve that problem. And it's really cool. And one of the best examples I could think of is I woke up in the middle of the night, panicked because the Airbnb we were staying in, I didn't have the code to lock the door. 
And I was like, oh no, I don't have the code to lock the door. I have to leave at like four in the morning and I don't wanna, it's in the middle of the city. I don't wanna leave the door unlocked. So I like woke up just kind of like, oh no. And then checked my phone and she sent me the code. <laughs> like she had already taken care of it, even though I thought of it, but way later than was helpful. And I think that it was just kind of a lot of stuff like that. Like just kind of taking care of things before I could even take care of them. And I find that really lovely. The fourth is they don't tend to take things personally in my experience. I think most eights have something that they're kind of thin-skinned about, something that they do kind of feel tender about, and they are much more tender than they seem. So I, I don't wanna honor that, but at the same time, the truth said with kindness isn't gonna hurt them arbitrarily. Meaning if I, you know, I another example from my friend Nicole, the other day we got home, it was like 9 p.m., I was exhausted. And I just said, I'm going to go to bed. And they, without any, I didn't have to apologize. I didn't have to make excuses. I didn't have to explain why. I didn't have to comfort her that like, it wasn't a personal. It was just about like, I'm exhausted. And her response was just, I kind of figured. <laughs> and I went to bed. And I, that's not always that simple. You know, in different relationships, it's a little more complicated than that. And I just really value that in the eights. And finally, they say what we're all thinking. Someone is rude to you, they're gonna tell them that's not okay. You have a specific table that you want at a restaurant, they'll ask for it. Something's not as efficient as it should be, they'll tell them how it could have been better. You get the wrong meal at dinner, guess who's gonna ask for them to replace it? It's lovely, <laughs> you know? Especially for those of us who struggle with like people pleasing and wanting everyone to be happy with us. Having a friend who's like, no, I'll, I'll say the hard things for you is so nice. Um, so thanks eights for that. So let's talk to our eights. Hello eights. Here are some things for you, areas in which you could expand or maybe even just take care of yourself better. Number one, you know, we all have that role that we naturally fall into, right? That at times we feel great in, but at other times can feel restrictive or maybe we can grow resentful of. For you, it's typically being the one to take charge and handle things. So I just think it's helpful to explore, like while this is something that I love about eights in my life, I'm also aware of the taxing, of how taxing it can be to play that role all the time. So what does it look like for you to not play that role? Do you have relationships where you don't have to be that person? Or do you have relationships where you can say, today I need to take that role off. I need to take the day off of being that person. And you'll know that they love you anyway. Number two, honesty without kindness is brutality. I think that's a Brene Brown quote, but I think that your honesty is something that I highly value and respect, but done without kindness, it causes harm right? So just making sure that that beautiful honesty that you have is paired with gentleness and kindness and awareness of how you're being received. Number three, check in with people. So oftentimes eights kind of operate with this mentality of like, well, if you want something, you'll ask for it. And the reality is that other people don't often ask for what they need as comfortably as you might. So if you're in charge of like the logistics in a situation and then these people, your friends aren't comfortable speaking up, 
it's likely that they're not going to get their needs met and you won't even know. So I would encourage you to kind of every once in a while just check in and you don't have to be like hyper aware of their needs all the time because again, it's, it's also their work to work on speaking up and asking. But if you are the one who's kind of driving the car or planning out the day or being in charge of the logistics, it's important to ask like, did you have breakfast? Did you have lunch? Does everybody have everything they need? Do you have anything that you do need that you haven't asked me for? And just kind of encourage them to speak up in that way. That also includes asking before you take care of things for people. Um, you know, I have an eight big brother who I love so much. And sometimes, you know, when I, when I'm with him, he'll just kind of take care of things. But sometimes to my detriment, you know, like not asking me what I want or what I need and kind of assuming and then just kind of taking care of it. And this sounds like two energy and it can be similar. Um, it's much more from a place of strength and being a provider than it is from like needing someone to love you in return or trying to earn love. But, you know, it's that energy of like, ask, you know, ask before you give. That way you can make sure that when you are giving, it is actually something they want to receive. All right. The next one is denial. So the, one of the pain points of eight is, is denial. Like when brought to, when, you know, feedback is brought to you kind of saying like, no, that's not real or I disagree. And I would just encourage you eights to pause before you say that. Um, because to this person, it is real. Whether or not you've, you experience it the way they're describing, whether or not it's from the intention that they're assuming, like you guys can both have like very different perspectives on how this played out. But this person is coming to you, speaking to you about this because for them, it is very valid and, and valid enough to want to talk to you about it. So I would just encourage you to not shoot down someone's feedback when it's given to you, but instead to meet it with curiosity, try to understand it, try to understand where your two perspectives can meet, you know, just because you don't see it the way they see it, they don't see it the way you see it, it doesn't mean that there's not some place where those two perspectives come together. And I would just encourage you to try to find that place and validate it so that, you know, you can keep that friendship going for longer. All right, and finally, true connection, like that place where you get to experience depth of love and the depth of love that you are perfectly capable of giving and do give to the people in your life, it's limited in your ability to receive it when you have to put on a brave face all the time. If you have to be the strong one, if you can't show weakness, you are cutting off your access to love. And while continuously giving love, you're cutting off your ability to receive, which is limiting your ability to have what you need, right? As a person, we need other people. And I know that that can be something that you're like resistant to, but we are communal beings. We are, we do belong to one another. And there is absolutely a need for you to embrace being loved and in your vulnerability and in your sadness, you know, the things that are hard for you. Now, things to not take personally when you're friends with a type eight. Don't take it personally if they are blunt with you. That's just their communication style. It's not about you. 
it's not personal. They're not, typically they're not trying to be mean. They're just telling you the truth, especially if they're telling you that truth with kindness. Try to be receptive to it, but you can also ask, you know, for clarification or maybe can you phrase this in a way that's more, I can be more receptive to, but in general, it's not about how good you are or how worthy you are or how good of a friend they believe that you are, or how much they like you. It's just their style of communication. And it comes from their desire to be strong, to be direct and to be honest. And it doesn't really have anything to do with you. Number two, don't take it personally if they aren't constantly aware of your needs because they do assume you're going to speak up. Type eights ask for what they need. They make sure they get their needs met. They advocate for themselves and for others, and they just kind of assume you're gonna do the same. So if you're around a type eight and they are taking care of all these logistics, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to just say like, hey, I have a need here. There's something that I want. And for again, for those of us who may be more on the people-pleasing spectrum, it can be difficult to do that. It can be hard to just kind of interject your need, but I promise you that it's okay, that it's not a big deal, <laughs> and um, it can feel like you're you're it, having an intense conflict, but for the eight, it doesn't feel that way. Eights are much more comfortable with conflict than most of us, and they're unlikely to receive it as like intense conflict. They're very likely to just kind of move on. All right, and finally, don't take it personally if they aren't patient with your frustration. Oh, that belief that you have to be strong, you have to be capable, you have to handle things, it can also come with an internal narrative of either fix it or accept it, which if we talk to ourselves like that, which like guilty, if we talk to ourselves like that of either like, okay, no complaining, just fix it or accept it, well, then that obviously is going to bleed out into our relationships, right? It's going to bleed into how we talk to other people, how we expect other people to behave. And when that's the case, um, it can make us really difficult. It can make it really difficult to sit with other people's frustration, other people's complaints, allowing people to just kind of feel their feelings because we have impatience with our negative emotion or our ability to feel our feelings. And therefore we like kind of put that onto other people. And I say we, because you know, that eight wing is strong, okay? And, and sevens do this too, but it's a different energy, right? Sevens are doing it from a place of, I need to flee, I need to run away from my negative emotions. And the eights are doing it from much more of a practical, like don't complain, fix it or accept it, time to move on. And if you think about it, and I will say this again like a lot, but eights don't love to be empathized with because they, they may experience empathy as pity, which is really sad. <laughs> I'm like empathizing with that. I'm not pitying you eights, but I am kind of like, dang, that's hard, right? Like that sucks. And I wanna express empathy with the part of you that feels like you have to fix it or accept it, right? That like you can't just sometimes feel like this sucks and this isn't, working for me without finding a solution and just allowing yourself to feel that feeling. And so I think like instead of taking it personally when an eight in your life is giving you that energy, it's not really about your feelings. It's about their inability to accept their feelings, right? Okay. Well, let's get into type specific combinations. So if you've listened, listened to all the episodes, you've heard, you know, one through seven of this because we've done it before, but I'm going to reiterate it just for the sake of for those who have are only listening to this one. All right, type one, 
The pros of this relationship is they often work great together toward a specific cause. They both have a strong sense of justice, of right and wrong. The con is that the one may not appreciate the direct or even brash approach of type eights, and the eights may see the one as hypocritical. Twos, the pros here, this can be a really relaxing friendship as both are capable of, and caregiving. They both tend to look out for others. The, help, the eights help the two to stand up for themselves and twos can help the eight to be seen more vulnerably. The cons here are that twos may take the bluntness of the eight personally and eights may feel like they have to walk on eggshells around the two. Type three, this can be a great couple or duo for getting things done and encouraging each other's growth. But the con is that this is probably the most likely dynamic to turn competitive and they may struggle to form a deep connection as both types resist being vulnerable. Type four, the pros are that they share a desire for intensity and can be a really creative pairing. Um, it's kind of like that magical space of like the creativity of the four and the action of the eight. So thinking of something and getting it done. The con is that they can be really hurtful to one another if they're not careful, replacing intimacy, connection with fighting. Five, the pros here that because they have so much in common in terms of independence and self-reliance, this can actually be a surprising combination that does invite both types into much more vulnerability. They may open up to each other in ways that they wouldn't with someone else because it feels less sticky, like neither of them are attached to how the other one responds or, or getting the vulnerability out of them. So it actually can invite them to be much more open. The con is that when operating at the lower levels, these two are likely to continue to like not continue engaging. Fives may see the eights as out of control. The way fives retreat at the storminess of an insecure eight can trigger the message that they are too much and cause the eight to move away from the five as a source of self-doubt. Eight and six, the pros here, they're likely to keep their circle small. They both are looking for something that is very trustworthy and safe, and they tend to be skeptical of new people. The six may be able to have their opinions heard and ex executed by the eight. The con is that the eight may grow tired of the phobic sixes questioning and may feel bothered by the counterphobics refusal to fall in line with their plans. Sixes may feel rebellious toward the eight's tendency to take charge. The pros of a seven-eight combo, um, it tends to be high energy, capable, willing to tell each other what they want and need. It's a great pair for getting things done. The con is that both resist being controlled and rebel against expectation. They also are both pretty bougie in their spending and may encourage each other to spend more money than they have or intended to spend. When arguing, you may find that you say something hurtful in the name of telling the quote unquote truth. Both sevens and eights can be kind of direct and blunt, sometimes in hurtful ways. An eight-eight combo can be really relaxing to have someone you trust to take care of things. Um, you know, I told you this earlier, like I feel this with my other assertive type friends, threes and eights. I just feel like I don't have to be the one in charge because someone else is gonna take charge of things and vice versa. It allows them to trust they don't always have to handle things. They can um, also build out a lot of mutual respect. The con is that most eights have something that they are pretty sensitive about. And if that gets pushed, you may find that they are quick to let go of new friendships and write that person off. So this combo can be especially susceptible to that because both are capable of walking away. 
Now, 9-8 combo, the pro here is that you know, it's comfortable for the nines to have someone else in charge and the nine to kind of have someone that they can trust to take care of things and to kind of follow. Um, it can also be nice, like it can bring a lot of peace to the eights to have someone who's like open-minded, invites them into non-judgmentality. Now the con is, is conflict styles. Nines may shut down as eights become increasingly assertive, which can kind of feed each other, right? As the eights become more assertive, the nines shut down more. And as the nines shut down, it makes the eights become more assertive and, and eventually they could just kind of give up on each other. All right, friends, so that is our conversation on friendships as an Enneagram type eight. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Mm -hmm.